This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Christina here with us today. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you, Harrison. Lovely to be here. Likewise. I'm excited that you're here finally. Uh, Where are you Mm -hmm. calling in from today? I'm calling in from Boston, Massachusetts. Cool, cool. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a topic that I am very, very personally passionate about, performance management, feedback, all this good stuff. Uh, But before we do that, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, I am a certified uh, executive and leadership coach, and most recently, dual hat as the chief people and finance officer for Impeccable. It's a 100% remote digital product agency. And basically, I love solving complex problems, co-creating solutions with teams, and in general, helping people and companies grow to their fullest potential. Awesome. Awesome. So let's get right to it. What is the purpose of performance management in your your mind? Uh, And why is it important? Great question. So I think the purpose of performance management changed significantly in the last three to five years. Hmm. Um, Because traditionally, we think about Managing performance is managing output, how well you're doing, how much you're doing. Uh, you basically, you show up, you hit your or exceed your targets, and then we say, oh, great, you're performing. But in the last three, two to three years, especially, there are a lot of different factors about turning this, like upending this, basically. Now, more than ever, people want to be more than just hitting a goal, a company target. They want to be more than KPI achieving robots. I like to say Um, people people want purpose and they want to feel fulfilled they want to feel they're growing and developing as a person and then companies have to that want to stay competitive will need to step up and deliver to fulfill what they're the the employees are looking for so I think in this context in my mind um, performance management is one of the pillars of the overall talent management life cycle Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. to bring it back to your original question the purpose of performance management is the bi-directional exchange of giving and receiving feedback from the employees to the employees as to what's working well on the job and what mm-hmm. can be improved, right? And this sharing helps facilitate both the organization and its people to achieve their full potential and growth. And why is it important? Because our world is changing so fast and we have to adapt, the companies have to adapt. And without being able to grow talent and keeping them engaged, mm-hmm. we're going to all fall behind. So with when we increase and introduce this feedback loop and we know what's working and what isn't working, we help co-create this great engagement, talent growth, and movement forward for the company. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, I think one of the things that, one, one of the main things that you just talked about was like this continuous feedback aspect. Yeah. Some people call it continuous performance management, continuous feedback. It, mm-hmm. You know, continuous feedback has become kind of quote unquote popular in the last several years, especially. I know there are organizations that have done it for, you know, some decades, for sure. There are some companies mm-hmm. that have done that, uh, but it's become a much hotter topic, if you will, over the last few years. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's say I'm an organization that's doing once a year, twice a year annual review or kind of a semi-annual review process. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to move into this. Oh, this sounds cool. This sounds you know awesome. It makes a lot of sense for me. I'm going to move into you know implementing this continuous feedback process or, or mm-hmm. culture. What are some of the biggest challenges when you know, you're shifting into this from the traditional performance management system? I would put these challenges in three general buckets. One is changing perception, hmm. especially around, oh my gosh, it takes too much. I'm giving feedback 365. That just seems like a lot. <laughs> um, the second uh, bucket would be courage. And then the third uh, bucket would be effective training. When you have a structured once or twice a year performance evaluation, people know exactly what that is, what that looks like. You come, you have forms that you got to fill out, you have interviews, you have self-evaluations. They know. But when you're doing a 360 uh, or or a continuous feedback loop, you have to educate uh, managers and the people on the why this is important. Why are we changing? Why, Why are we doing this? So let me give you an example of a manager I was talking to recently. Um, he was like, my primary job is to solve the business's problems, right? My boss is breathing down my neck. I, I have to hit my KPIs, OKRs, every which goals that they have. I just don't have time to give these one-on-one feedbacks mm-hmm. right? continuously. We got our tasks and we got to check them off. But as we got deeper into the conversation, he realized that well, whether he likes it or not, his people are asking him, well, how am I doing? What's working? You know, and they're trying to give it, trying to give him feedback on this is working, this is not working well. Mm-hmm. And when he's not addressing these questions with the employees, they tend to get less happy, less productive, and some might even leave. So it became harder for the team to hit their goals right. um, or business objectives, right? So when then what you get is this weird, vicious cycle of hire, train, and you're struggling to retain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when you can change the perceptions that having these continuous feedback, little bite-sized pieces ongoing continuously, you can, it's actually in fact easier. Right. And then when you help unlock and give the employees what they want, they can then help you achieve the goals that the team is trying to hit. Um, so basically that's perception. You definitely have to work on that as, oh my God, it's, I got to do it all the time. It's too stressful. Um, I say the second part is courage because giving feedback is scary, right? As a, as a manager. Yeah. And on the other side, receiving feedback is really scary as well. Yep. So when you have to sit here and just do it once or twice, you're like, I can buckle down and just suck it up and do it that one time. <laughs> when you're trying to do this on a continuous basis, you have to kind of be courageous and go into it knowing, that, okay, I'm going to get feedback. I asked for it. I'm going to get it. And then managers have to figure out how to continuously deliver it in a kind, empathetic way, instead of saying once or twice, I'll deliver this and I don't have to deal with it in six months. So working that courage up. And then the third part is training. Um, Because this is a change, because this is different. How do we help you be more successful in implementing this? What does it look like? How do we bake it into your one-on-ones? How do we help you do that? Um, how do we give popcorn bite-sized feedback instead of here's the 26 things that are wrong with what you're doing? Um, how do you prioritize that? And I think 
what we're lucky in seeing now is platforms like PaySet, right? It allows you to have access 24 seven, doesn't matter where you are, to start jotting these things down, start to create and formulate the conversation and to be able to keep a track record of what we've talked about, how we're working against that. And that technology helps us create that um, so that you're not looking at the end of the year, oh my gosh, where did I put this note that I made? <laughs> right. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there are so many interesting points that you just made, right? I mean, a few things that I think about, just the last thing you talked about was, hmm. I think you're alluding to kind of the recency bias, right? Having everything mm -hmm. in one place. I don't even mm -hmm. remember what I had for lunch last Thursday. How am I going to remember what my team member did six months ago, three months ago, right? It's, exactly. it's kind of impossible, honestly. Exactly. Um, and that's where a lot of your biases um, come into play, right? And you, you want to exactly. minimize it as much as possible. And, and secondly, you, know, you talked about this vicious cycle of recruiting, onboarding, and then not being able to retain. And it's right. really funny to me because... You know, of course, we play in the talent management space as the company paves that, right, mm -hmm. of course. And that's where I specialize. Uh, and, and when I see companies talking about oh, how recruiting is so important, I always mm -hmm. think about the analogy of like a leaky bucket, you know, <laughs> yeah, know pouring all this, you know, money or water into this bucket. But if you have a retention problem, you're, it's, it's a vicious cycle, right? You're it actually is. wasting a lot of money and resources. And it's something I think even whether you're a 10,000 person company or a 20 person company, it's something to be more mindful of for sure. Um, Absolutely. And one last thing I'll mention is, you know, you talked about one-on-ones, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I have found personally that whenever I have my one-on-ones and I have it almost too frequently, it always tends to become this like task or project update mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of a status report where, right. you know, let's say you're my manager, Christina, and you're like, hey, let's have a one-on-one -on, -one. on a weekly basis. I'm like, great, let's do it. And then we have those right. conversations. And every time I'm kind of like, yep, I've done my task A, task B, task C, task D, anything else? And you're like, nope, great job. See you next week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, any, any thoughts or tricks around how to you know, really incorporate feedback into those conversations? Great question in that what you just touched on is that um, de facto mode versus conscious mode is what mm. I like to say, right? Um, as a manager, it's easy to say, Harrison, yes, task one done, task two done, task three, great job, let's go. But it takes more conscious effort for me to slow down as a manager and say, oh, okay, maybe this is the, you don't, maybe you don't have to do your feedback um, every single one on one, but my, and the last week of the month feedback includes mm -hmm. a one-on-one -on -one time for Harrison and me to talk about um, how he's doing, what are his growth goals. So be very conscious as a manager to set that time aside, right? Mm -hmm. And then to educate and train both parties, the employee and the manager. Manager, this is it starts with you. This is, you know, a best practice would be to incorporate that into your rhythm. And then employees, yes, you also own how you grow. So mm -hmm. if you're not getting it, make sure you raise your hand and tell your manager, I love to talk about this. I love to, you know, be able to ask you for advice and insight as to how I can this get this experience or that experience. Or, mm -hmm. hey, I just need to ask you, I had questions in this last project. How well do you think I did? So that's where the courage piece also comes in. 
the consciousness of you know setting aside the time to do it, and then the courage of holding each other accountable right. to make sure these conversations happen. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, with the continuous feedback movement or trend, mm-hmm. call it right. There have been some organizations that talk about, "Hey, we got rid of manual performance reviews. We are mm-hmm. doing this continuous feedback thing, and we're on our way. And life is amazing." Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Should you have annual reviews, even if you have continuous feedback? I think that it really depends on the organization and its culture. Um, mm. Some organizations typically time compensation changes to annual reviews. Others find that it's not necessary. So it really depends on what your organization's goals are. Personally, I like to decouple the compensation and performance conversations because it separates out what I was speaking to one of my great people ops friends, Cynthia, um, and she likes to parse it out as what's the transactional nature of the conversation? When you do this, I reward you with money versus what's the transformational objectives of Mm. where do we need to go as an organization, as a team and as a person? How do we support this journey? I like to decouple those two things. So that's a personal preference for me. Right. Um, I think it really depends on the company and, and the culture. Yeah, yeah. I think that makes sense. And what we've, what we've seen, you know, from our end as well is, you know, companies that just do continuous feedback without any kind of backup plan or having that one moment, right, at the end of the year or at the end of, you know, their fiscal year, you can lose sight of that, you know, regular cadence for people, right? Because mm-hmm. You you may have a great continuous feedback culture and process, but the reality probably is that there's probably going to be 10, 20% of your workforce that don't get enough feedback for whatever reason, yeah. right? And, and if you don't have kind of like a, a, a all-in annual review or some kind of a checkpoint um, mm-hmm. to catch those people, sometimes it can be uh, pretty damaging um, uh, mm-hmm. for the organization there. Yeah, I love that. It ties into the theme of accountability. Absolutely. Are we delivering on what we say we're going to do, right? right. Um, and what is that? What's the purpose of that feedback? So, are we making sure that the process is is closed um, right. versus letting it hanging, like you were saying? Right, right. So, what are your thoughts on ratings? You know, we're talking about reviews and feedback. Mm. Ratings is like a really interesting <laughs> topic, right? Um, it what, is, are, what are your thoughts is. on ratings? Uh, well, obviously, we can talk about performance metrics and its design for hours and hours and hours. Um, I think for me, I'm okay with ratings as long as the ratings do not box people in from the opportunity to learn, grow, and improve. Um, Because if it is being used so that you're rated at two, for instance, and Mm -hmm. on a scale of one is peace out and five is rock star, um, let's say you get late rated a two. And mm-hmm. once you get rated a two, resources are not available to you to course correct or mm-hmm. resources are withheld from you to improve on what you are trying to do or that there are no mechanisms to uncover potential biases in the performance um, system. Right. I think those ratings would, are hurt, hurtful to um, folks. But if the rating system is designed to be equitable and as free from bias as possible, which is hard to do because we're humans designing a inherently flawed system. Right. Um, but if it's designed int- intentionally, um, well-intentioned, 
designed to be equitable. It's multidimensional. And we are clear with our communications as to what we're measuring. And we understand that this means that. And, right. and, and everybody knows. Then I'm okay with that. Uh, as long as it doesn't flip to the counterpart of hurting people and limiting their ability to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. And, and I think you see this quite often, honestly, right? And it may, it may not be at the organizational level, right? But you know, certain managers will see somebody who is, you know, a, for example, an internal transfer and mm-hmm. see that this person had bad reviews or bad ratings. And that right. from the get-go starts, you know, kind of, you know, That's seeding like, oh. these ideas <laughs> into this person, yeah. right? So yeah. Um, yeah, those are some dangerous things for sure when it comes yeah. to ratings. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always challenge managers to look on the opportunity side. So this person that was an internal transfer, like you said, were they given the right opportunities? Um, Were their previous managers able to support them in the way they need to be supported to grow? So I think it actually opens up a larger conversation Mm -hmm. of what it is, what what our responsibilities as managers, what what do we do to be impactful to this particular person? So again, Lots of thoughts and feels around this. <laughs> <laughs> so professional services firms, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or like project-based businesses, right? Are very different structurally uh, yeah. from traditional organizations where you're working with one set of team members, one manager, um, again, project-based, right? You may be working with 30 different colleagues throughout the year with different project team members and uh, project managers. Does performance management look any different in, in these organizations? Uh, any thoughts there? Yes, I think intrinsically they do look different. Um, like as you mentioned, typically in the professional services firms, you know, you have to kind of ask, how do I measure performance of a three-week engagement versus a six to nine-month engagement? How frequent are the check-ins? The team dynamics that you mentioned, uh, having one consistent or one consistent team with one consistent manager versus thirty different people that I have to then learn to work with, um, then optimize that. Do we have time enough to form, storm, and norm? Um, Or is Mm. it just a lot of that pressure and stress? So how does your performance evaluation system take into consideration those type of Mm. things? And then the other part of the professional services performance management is that competencies look slightly different. If you're you're mostly client-facing, let's say, and the skill sets that you need are not just excellent PowerPoint or Excel skills, the technical aspect, but also your people, your soft skills, your skills on empathy, your skills on relationship building. Your, how do you measure that? Who gets to measure that? And once we've identified that, these soft skills, they take longer to develop and, and unlock. You, you can't ask a person to change their personality overnight. Um, so, so think skills like active listening, the sooner you know about those things, the quicker you can move to improve or address. So it's, it's different. How will these performance evaluations or the system catch those things? Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're starting to measure EQ, you're starting to measure things like courage and empathy. How do you tangibly put that down on paper right um and give people enough time to improve versus get really good at pivot tables different timelines right right and it's different it is very different from things like did you hit your quota 
or did Cor- you not hear correct. quarter? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Less you know, binary. Typical, right. It's your typical KPI or OKR frameworks. Um, it's it's, it's very different than for majority of the professional services organizations like consulting firms, et cetera. I mean, feedback effectively and your competencies effectively become your performance data. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there aren't too many meaningful, quote unquote, KPIs that, you know, consultants are necessarily working towards or have control over. Right. right. So it, um, it's def- it definitely looks different. Absolutely. Unless you're going in already knowing that we're getting an NPS score from our clients or things right. like that. Um, that's typically not the first thing you think about when you put a performance uh, system in place. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. That was, the, those are all the big questions that I had today. I absolutely, absolutely appreciate your time. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, Christina Y. Wang. And I look forward to connecting with everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you, Christina, for being here. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Harrison.